and the crowd getting excited. There's Mr. Mandela, Mr. Nelson Mandela, a free man taking his first steps into a new South Africa. This is Winnie Mandela next to him, waving to the crowds. Hand in hand, they leave the Victor Fister prison. At the onset of Nelson Mandela's release in 1990, the new government embarked on a journey of transition from apartheid, which ended formally on April 27th in 1994 with the first democratic general election. I'm Denise Kanaidu. In this series, I chat to four key figures on their roles in shaping our democracy. I reflect on the past 25 years, on what we've achieved, where we have failed, and how to find what we've lost along the way. I visited Dr. Sats Cooper in his home to chat on black consciousness as a school of thought. Sats was one of the founding members of the black consciousness movement, together with Bani Pityana, Harry Nguekulu, Henrik Musi, Strini Mudli, and others, led by Steve Biko in the 1970s. During this period, there was no political activity. The ANC and PAC were banned and some members already imprisoned. Sat says promoting black solidarity at this time through the movement crystallized the concept of equality. People were drawing back into ethnic cocoons. We literally embraced each other, uh, irrespective of who came from what ethnic background. And that was a source of tremendous threat to the apartheid system, because until then, it was largely ethnic politics. There was the non-European unity movement, but then again, that appellation, non-European, whereas we saw ourselves as black, we see ourselves as black because it's an affirmation, it's a positive description of who we are, taking all the negativism out of that. We shaped our ideas and created what we call black consciousness. The desire for us to look to Europe and America for our role models is so powerful. It speaks so much to our own condition of self-abnegation of diminishing who we are. During his prison sentence, Sats shared a cell block with the likes of Nelson Mandela and Walter Sisulu. He reflects on how the segregation continued within the prison walls, yet he remained determined to achieve democracy in this lifetime. Thinking of the uh, prison authorities was to segregate prisoners because they were terrified of this fresh influx of black consciousness leadership who were not afraid of the apartheid system, who would greet each other with a clenched fist held high, shouting a mantra to each other, singing songs, and they created a new section called the Swartmach section, black power section. The quest for democracy was what urged us to be involved in the struggle, particularly when all those adults before us had given up. Under the circumstances, they remained headstrong and resolute. Our mental health, I think, was very healthy. A depression, yes, it would take place in when you're in solitary confinement, but you knew why you were there. There was nobody who I believed was more superior to me, was better than me, thinking of equality, thinking of equity, and thinking of being human and experiencing it is what we did. Although it looks good on paper, 
Many South Africans are yet to reap the benefits of the promised freedom. All the stuff that is coming out in these commissions of inquiry are part of that background, adding to the sense of being left out of the benefit of the fruits of democracy. Despite there being the changes that are quite apparent, you don't see the group areas, you, don't, you never see a sign, whites only. But etched deeply in our psyche is that imbalance. And that, I think, is what going into the 25th year of our democracy, having an election in May soon after uh, we celebrate this important event, we should be focusing on. In that way, we get rid of that depression and we, we begin to motivate ourselves and others to rise above this appalling quicksand that wants to engulf us and take us backwards. This concludes the first episode of Reflecting on 25 Years of Democracy. A special thanks to technical producer Kwame Matlanga and editorial advisor Khakiso Mnisi. In episode two, I chat to the former student activist and the CEO for the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund, Sbongilem Kabela, on the challenging journey towards an education that benefits all. The world changes, revolutionaries die, and the children forget.